Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Jeez, you, yeah, you, yeah. you put the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> just, just, just. No, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really? from my face. Oh, the phone, the phone's going to ring off the hook. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Leon Wilson. All right, today's guest uh, would probably be one of the, the most passionate people I've seen when it comes to his craft. Um, we met met probably ten years, no, seven years ago. Who knows? Ish, probably yeah. seven years ago. What's going on? Um, he's he's the owner of Revolution Print in Ballarat. Uh, this man is a doer. Well, when I say doer, I mean he gets it done when you ask for something, or if you he, he gets it done. Like he's on the go, twenty four seven. Welcome, Leon Wilson, to Ballarat Talks. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Thanks for coming for in, me. mate. Appreciate it. A um, couple of reds. It's nice. It is. I was actually a little bit pissy last episode. With? Um, with uh, I put it out with Andrew. I was, yeah, pretty bad after that one. Right. Yeah, just, he just kept wanting to pour them, and I just kept wanting to drink them. And, All right. Um, How long is this podcast going to go for? No, we're, we're 45, probably. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Um, now, when I, when I say this man's passionate, if you, ever, if you ever go and talk to Leon down at Revo or see him down the street... If you get him talking about um, like the stock of the the cards or the embellishes and that, just see his eyes light up. Like it's it's true. Like every single time. Yeah. Do you have many people say like you're just super passionate about? Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think people understand. Like he is full on with it. Um, But we will get into it. First of all, first off, mate, can you just um, start with? Were you in Ballarat for a start or not? Did you start in Ballarat? I'm. I was thinking about it this morning. I think I'm at least four generations Ballarat. Four generations. At least. Yeah. Yeah. It probably goes back even further. Um, so the Griggs and the tree tribes out in Bungaree, the farmers, the potato farmers. Yep. So that's my mum's side. Right. And then my father's side. Yeah, I remember uh, Great Pop being in Ballarat too, so that's got to be four generations at least. Yeah. Yeah. So I was born and bred here. Did, um, were you, so you're out the farm? No, no. That's just where my grandparents were. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Are they still, is there still uh, land out there in your family or not? No, the Griggs and the Tricks are still out there. But they moved, they moved into town um, sixty something years ago. Yeah, yeah, and they're still both alive. They're 90, right. 96 years old. Up they were born, born two days apart. Bullshit! No, unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. cool. Yeah. When did they get together? Were they young? Oh, I did print a book for them, and it's got all that in there. I can't remember now, but I, th- I think relatively young. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. And then, so you did schooling in Ballarat, obviously. You didn't move away or anything. No, so yeah, I. Well, it's funny. I didn't know my wife at the time, but we both went to the same kindergarten and we both went to the same first primary school because yep. we both went to Golden Point Primary, but then that closed down, I think, when we were in grade two. Yep. Um, then went to Mount Pleasant and then I'm a high school boy. High school boy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so finished year 12 there. Awesome. What was your answer school? Did you have any school back then or not? I, I did. Uh, I, I think I can remember. It's something like 66. But... Yep. And school's a funny one. See, schools, well, school's a funny one in general. And I want to dive into this more probably with schools at some stage, you know, once they start to realise what I've done and what I'm doing, especially Ballarat High. I'm talking to the careers people there a lot with new staff for us, actually. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I didn't go to uni or anything. No. And, uh, And I finished year 12, but probably halfway through year 12, I just... I'd had enough. Tapped out? Yeah, yeah, tapped out. But I was doing, you know, the chemistry, the physics, the maths, music. I was doing all these high subjects, yeah. but had no idea what I wanted to do. But there's so much pressure on 
yeah, on, is, on you know, going to uni and, and finding a career. But you, why don't, you're 17 years old. Yep. Um, and I was just exhausted. Uh, so in the end, I really didn't care. But I still ended up getting yeah, 66. But what's it meant? It's meant nothing. Yeah, well, I don't think I've, I, I definitely haven't used mine. Yeah. I, I did. I can't remember. I reckon mine was like 55. Mm. And so, what's that mean? Like, maybe, I can't remember. Yeah. It means nothing. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I would love the opportunity to go back to school now. Why? I wasn't mature enough then. I, and I wasn't, I don't think I was developed enough then to fully take it in. What do you want to learn though? Like, what are you going I'd with? love to learn the subjects that I. That oh, that, yeah. okay. learnt back then like yep. the physics and the chemistry and the maths now that I actually understand mm-hmm. them and what they're used for I reckon it'd be fantastic to with a clear mind and a, a logical mind go in there and why are we learning this and yep. understand it fully and not just because the teacher's teaching it to you but go okay so what's this actually relate to and, and dive a bit deeper do, do, you think it's, do you think that school should be catered towards what you want to do now like once you get a certain standard of maths English mm. after that do you think it should be just free range to go right I'm super passionate about print I should go into that it's too it's too early to, too soon well there's some there's some kids that know what they want to do from day dot they're yep. super passionate so yep. yes but I think what school and and uni should do more and I haven't been to uni so I'm just talking Speculating, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but life skills yep. and business skills. Uh, there's so many people that go to uni but still have no business skills or life skills. They're taught, you know, we, you look at um, uh, graphic designers, we, we, we work with a lot, and they start their own businesses. Yeah, they're great at graphic design, but they have no idea how to run a business. Yep. Um, and that that bugs me. It like really it should does. Be a, do you think it should be... I think there should be a... Um, a mandatory thing in finance when we're younger. Oh yeah. About you know putting away. Even just understanding debt. Yeah, debts yeah. or even just like the, the stock markets and everything like like just to understand compound interest and mm, get yep. us right involved in it. Like I think that's that should be something. That's well, that's all part of living, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. and setting Taxes. setting up for life. Yep. Um, and understanding what a mortgage is and what it means, or what a credit card is and how that can affect you. Definitely. Um, that's life skills, yep. uh, and that's that's so much as important as learning about a specific career. I reckon. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you finish your twelve. Yeah. And you go straight into the print stuff, or no, no. So I again, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll have a gap year. I'll go over to UK or something or other. Yeah. But I didn't even have any money behind me. <laughs> so I worked at an Indian restaurant for six months. In town, where was in that? In town, up um, Eureka Street, that one across the uh, corner of Eureka and Klein, I think it is. Uh, it was Raj Dabar at the time. No, don't know. Yeah. What. Anyway, we went there, went there uh, probably six days a week. I was waiting there and, you know, dish and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I learnt Indian culture, I learnt their music, I learnt language, and I ate some incredible food. Loved it? Oh, I wasn't... See, I was a fussy kid when I was young, yeah. and it got to it took me till I was about seventeen um, to actually have pasta sauce, you know that kind of stuff. Jesus, yeah, real fussy, yeah, real, real fussy. Poor mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, but somehow something changed, and I think that was a maturity thing again, you know. And uh, 
there was a, a chef at the Indian restaurant and he just cooked stuff that wasn't on the menu and I just had a meal every night to take home yeah. and it was magnificent. It was so it's, pretty, it's a pretty cool culture, isn't it? That type in the food yeah, uh, cuisine, but, I should say. Yeah, well, it's yeah. a passionate culture. Yeah. Everything of the love, music, God, um, drink and food, it, it's all such rich passion in that culture. It's yeah. incredible. I'd love to go there one day. I had a friend go there, um, Jakey. He, uh, he, so he he did two. He's done two things now. He's actually, he's actually in Palestine. Palestine, is he said? Pa- Palestine. Palestine. Yeah. Yep. He's there right now for six months to um, help, which sounds crazy. Like, right. Because obviously, like the big war that's going on there at the yeah. moment. And he's sort of on no one's side. He's wearing this purple top, I think he said, that has the thing on it that he's just there to help both. Okay. To help people that injured that. I was like, geez. But anyway, he did six months over there. I'm pretty sure he was walking something like, I can't remember if he said six or 12 Ks a day to help build a school and then walk back. Oh, wow. And just like really lived in that culture. I'm pretty sure that was six months too. Came back. And he was, he was always quite a big dude, like he's got the gym a fair bit. Yep. Came back and he was just like, yeah, I need to, like he was stick, like I was mm. here, he just wasn't, mm. couldn't train over there, like a, there's no gyms or anything. No. Gyms work. That's so incredible. Yeah, crazy. What Jakey, a lifestyle. You know Jakey, Jakey, Mio, Jakey Miochik? I'm sure I've met him, yeah. He's a good fella. But yeah. what a, um, what a, what a life skill though, what a privilege. Oh, that's incredible. You know. That's what he that's, lives for. That's, that's his thing. Well, I was about to yeah. say, that's living. Yeah, you that's, know? What he, that's what he's, like, he's just super passionate about, yeah. helping people. So awesome. then I thought, well, I'll help my uncle out with a couple of things too because he runs a business. And then mum said, look, how about you do just a traineeship? You know, start with something and then figure out what you want to do because I was pretty lost, you know. Um, so actually, and it's quite ironic now, the jobs that I have had, have built me up to where I am now, which is great. And I haven't had many jobs. So I got a traineeship at a local photocopier shop. So the photocopier and printer sales and repairs. So I was a technician there uh, for probably, yeah, three three or four years. And that was a a very small business. So three, four staff members. And I started off as a technician and then got into sales. Um, and worked my way up and and that helped me really um, connect with a lot of people in Ballarat mm-hmm. and that was great fun and I still thank I'm still good friends with, with the owner Michael Ham. Yep. Uh, that's uh, online system repairs it's called where was that one? he was in um, Ascot Street cross road from Red Rooster but is okay. now um, next to next to Jets I think it is is it Jets on Howard yeah, Street? yeah yeah on the left hand side yeah I know yeah, right. yeah. Jets gym um, and uh I still thank him to this day. Every time I see him, I thank him because I've learned so much. He he showed me business mm-hmm. and, and small business and what you have to do. And um, so I sold a couple of photocopiers to Ballarat District Nursing. And they've got an IT division and a software division. Yep. So they've developed a software database system for district nursing agencies. And uh, they're quite successful in, in selling that and, and um, supporting that to district nursing agencies all over Australia. Anyway, they upgraded that software, or they're in the process. So the person that I sold the photocopiers to, the IT manager at the time, he really liked the way that I communicated it and um, presented myself, and he wanted me. So um, he offered me a position there, mm. and that was to 
in, in the development stage of this new software to help with you know all the training guides and user guides yep. and then go out and um, demonstrate the software and, and to, to their existing clients because gotcha. yep. we're migrating them yep. but it was, cost a lot more so you pretty much had to sell it mm-hmm. um, and then do the whole data analysis and migration and then training of this software database system yep. so I I was uh, living out of a suit so <clears throat> no at the age of 19 I bought my first house Dearly. it's great I was so I didn't drink at that time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't touch alcohol until yeah. tw- late 20s um yeah, I've known debt all my life, but good debt. Mm. And that's what we are talking about before, of understanding debt and that Use it some, as leverage sort some of debts are, are yeah. good, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I never wanted to rent. I always want to be, I think, where I am today as well, I've always wanted to be in some kind of control of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, where it all started. So, yeah, bought my house at the age of 19 and, and just worked hard. You know, at the traineeship, you're on six bucks an hour. For a year, you know. So, <clears throat> back then, that's well, how much of the house worth back then, though? Uh, one hundred and seventy-seven grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so incredible for 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 those days. Yeah. Um, what was so I'm, I'm thirty-five now, so it's not like it was that long no, it's ago. Like but it's 80 years ago, yeah. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. A bit different. So yeah, I got into the software. Um, so at Ballarat District Nursing, up in um, up in Sturt Street. But it was a very lonely life. I was living out of a suitcase, um, travelling. You know, I, I, some days I'd go back and forth in one day to Orbost and back. You know, to where? Orbost, the other side of Gippsland and back. Yeah. You know, that's like that's ten hours of driving, um, just in a day. And there were many times where, you know, I'd, I, I was always thinking of the clients, so they're paying for for my time, and usually, you know, they're paying from a Monday, mm-hmm. but. I want to make the most of the time, so I'd drive there on a Sunday. So I'd, I'd use my weekend to drive to places, get set up. So Monday morning, I could start with the with the with the training, and then you know you do your training, and then you have to migrate the data. And so, but then because I lived and breathed it, I, I really didn't sleep. All I did was thought about it. I thought about how am I going to do this migration? How am I going to do the training? Blah 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 blah. Um, and you know, the weeks upon weeks, I think at some stage, three or four weeks where I wasn't in the office and my manager didn't even say hello or to see how I'm going. Like, it was a really lonely time. And, you know, I'd, I was into fitness, I was with the Tan Clan and uh, the gym and stuff, and I couldn't do any of that because I wasn't in Ballarat, so I had it's memberships of things and I was just travelling. Yep. So then, yeah, I got into drinking and was drinking a bottle of red at night and eating crap. Um, because it's, you know you're on the road. It's slippery slope too. Yeah, mm. um, and then yeah, mental health kind of took a, a turn from that too, simply because I was lonely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, and then I met my beautiful wife in Ballarat. In Ballarat. Yeah. Um, were you at Bluestone or? Oh yeah, we're at Twenty One Arms <laughs> in the back alley. No, um, <laughs> my brother was good friends with her and yep. some of her friends, and um, he introduced us both, and we just hit it off, um, which was really nice. But uh, then I was still travelling, and I'm like, I, I can't do this now for me or for her if we're going to take this seriously. Yeah. Um, and then health got in the way. I came down with glandular fever, 
because you know you're you're living on the edge anyway. Isn't that a kissing? Is that kissing? Is that supposedly? Yeah, kissing it's, disease. And it's a, a um a type of hepatitis as well, and it affects your liver. It, it yeah. can damage you bad. Was it hard to diagnose it? Did they diagnose it as um? So they thought it was tonsillitis to begin with. Yeah. Uh, but because you have similar symptoms to begin with. Yep. But then it just got worse and worse and worse. What and about for chronic fatigue, they. So that's yeah, and. It, kind of an end stage of it which can continue for years yeah um so because i was so run down and exhausted and just stressed and all that kind of stuff oh at that stage uh, so i bought my second house at the age of 22. jesus Christ. <laughs> in Ballarat too yeah so this is an investment property yeah i was living on eight dollars a day you know that's what i budgeted to yeah. be able to survive so again this is what i'm talking about i, I knew I don't know why I put myself in this situation because I, and we'll talk about this later, but I trust myself, you know, mm. I back myself, I trust myself, I yep. know I can make it work, but, you know, the age of 22 and trying yes. to build a portfolio, uh, but like on the edge of just literally, if I have this coffee, if I buy this coffee, I can't buy anything else for the day. Yeah. I can't have anything else. Well, we have a rolled oats or something. <laughs> yeah, um, $2 a pack. Tuna and frozen veggies. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was... And the only way I could survive was because when I was um, out with... Um, doing the migrations and the training, that was all paid by the client. So... Yeah. Wow. I, so hide it from your friends, like, when they say, hey, come out for a drink, you're like, uh... Oh, yeah, a little bit. Um, it was... Yeah. But mm. then I didn't drink much, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, true, yeah. Um... But that was really, really hard. But of course, health made me have to change a few things because yep. I couldn't work. So I had to sell the house. Oh, as in like your... Um... I, I sold the house that I was in and yeah. Carly and I moved into the investment property because yep. it was a nicer house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we couldn't move into that straight away. So I lived with Carly and her mum while I was recovering. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, it was... That was tough. Mm. So I, I quit work because it was just it wasn't good for me and um at the before, during that time too as um, a few of your guests have mentioned they were involved in in rotary young ambition so i was heavily involved in that too and i'm a person that um if i'm in i'm all in and i couldn't be all in while i was traveling everywhere and that was doing my head in as well yep. you know i want to be if i'm involved if yep. i'm involved i'm involved and i couldn't do it um uh, but they helped me through when I had glandular fever as well. They, I, I sent a mercy <laughs> message to them all and said, look, I, I'm not well, I have to sell my house. Yep. Can we set up a working bee? I, I, I can't afford much, but for each member that comes and helps out, I'll donate five bucks to, to the Rotary Club. Like, yep. that's, awesome. that's all I could do. And they all just dropped everything and came, you know, cut down bushes, mowed the lawns, cleaned the windows and everything to get the house ready to sell, which was... It's awesome. It's nice. And uh, I'm still genuine friends with, with everyone who who was part of that Rotary Club at the time. Yep. They're some very special people in my life. Well, I feel like you you give a lot to the community. Like like I said, you're, you are a doer. When you say you're going to do it, you do it. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that you're going to have some pretty good people around you that really support what you do, like... Will help you when you need. Well, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not me. I I put myself around good people, mm. so it's hard not to be that kind of person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Um, and I think Ballarat, Ballarat's a great place because it's large enough where you're not in each other's pockets. Yep. But you still can't get away with stuff. Correct. It People keeps talk. you. Yeah, it keeps, keeps you, you honest. Definitely. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Not like I need an excuse to be honest and no, accountable. No, no, no. But you, like, I like that it's around for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And no matter where you go, you know, if you're involved in the community, you'll see someone you know. Yeah. And I, and that's a really comforting, um, comforting place, I think, to, to be able to walk down the street. And even if it's a stranger, you still, you still know their face, you know. Um, so it's still, it's, it's a, a secure place. Definitely. Yeah. So um, one of the members in Rotary uh, who I was friends with, he was working at Kingprint. So he was the VDM up at Kingprint. And um, they had a position going as, a, um, as an assistant to him because they were building uh, an online ordering platform or, or attempting to anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I got the role there and I was brutally honest with him from day one saying, you know, I'm... I'm not 100% right now, but um, I really want to make this work. So I gave everything to it. And um, you know, at that stage, I couldn't even walk around the block. You know, that's how exhausted I was. So, but I'd push myself. I took my runners to work and I would just go for a walk and then a longer walk and a longer walk to get myself back into position. You know, I was, before all that, you know, I'd, I'd got to 85 kilos bodybuilding, you know, and I'd drop to about 60 I'm 70 I'm 70 now so yeah you had night sweats everything it's just shocking it wasn't fun yeah. how do you get over that what's the what's the cure it's for just it? there's just no cure it's what? just time okay. yeah it's, and I went to naturopaths and everything I tried everything I was an absolute mess mm. but you just it's just a massive recovery process yeah yeah so um yeah I worked alongside um him at, at King Print and and built the online platform and then he left to do his own ventures, and um, I said to John, who was the um, who's the owner at the time with his brother, I said, Shreena. Yeah, Shreens. Yeah. I said, Trust me, it's okay. I've got this. I'll make it work. You know, because I was just the assistant. Yeah. But I knew, I, I built it, so I knew, and I just took it over yeah. and uh, and made it work. And so it was. It's pretty much a. Un, uh, a cloud-based system for corporate businesses. So let's say you've got a suite of, uh, you, you've got a suite of ten products. You know your envelopes, your letterhead, and you run a business with twenty people. And um, you could log in and just see all your items. Yep. And you don't need to um, upload any artwork. You don't need to worry about what stock it's printed on. You can see different quantities. You can see how long it's going to take, and you can see the price. So it's all completely transparent. Yep. And then things like business cards that are editable you can make changes on the screen and it will show you a proof in front of your eyes. Yep. But you can't change the font, you can't change the color, color, you can't change the size or anything like that. So you could get reception to do it. Yep. And you could do it at 2 a.m. in the morning if you want. You know, it's gotcha. all... It's all right there, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all right there. It's pretty automated. Like. And it's secure for, for, for that business and that business alone. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, I continually added more and more um, uh, customers onto that platform. Yep. Uh, you know, 500, 600 different customers using that, and then built a online quoting platform. So for the trade community, they could log in and and pretty much quote. Oh gosh, if if you really multiply all the different options, it'd be millions of different options. You know, print is so variable. Yeah. 
So yeah, I got pretty deep. You know, again, if I'm involved, I'm involved. I got pretty deep yeah, into right, that yeah. and uh, and understanding the online side of things. Um, and uh, look, it, it, it was fantastic, but at the same time, I was frustrated. It, it King Print's been around since 1902. I found out the other day there was a new, an old newspaper article that I, I found and. It had some details about when it actually started. Um, so a very traditional business, uh, and and John um, was always trying to advance, but he had um, some long-standing staff there who were tired, um, and who, who stuck, you know, in, stuck in the old way. They don't yeah, want to, like, don't want to change. No, yeah. and change is you know, change is hard, such a big thing. But it's essential. It is, yeah, oh. and especially for you know a, an evolving industry. Definitely. Um, you need to change with the times and you need to not just change with the times but change before the times that's yep. what we're going to later definitely um, and I could see that he was struggling uh, and you know I'd, I'd go home and he won't mind me saying this but I'd come in the next morning and uh, you know I could tell he'd been there till 10, 11 o'clock and there was you know six stubbies in the bin um, and he's got three young kids you know it wasn't uh, a healthier life but he had, did what he had to do to keep that business going yep um, so I started having lunches with him and just talking about you know ways that I thought the business could improve and I just want to help out too. Yeah. Uh, but there, it came to a stage where I felt that um, I I don't want to step on toes either. You know, there's a there's a place for yeah. talking about someone else's business and what they could do, but. It's their business as well, yeah. and I'd, I almost felt a bit rude, to a degree of. It's tough. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, I, I, get, I get what you mean. Did yeah. you have the intention of buying in? Is that what was that? Is that where it was sort of coming from well, too? Like you wanted to help him, but you also thought, "Geez, I'm, like I just I want to be in on this bit. Like I want it." Well, I started thinking, well, if things aren't going to change, I'm going to go do something myself. You know. Uh, social media was becoming big. I thought oh, I could be a social media manager. You know, I could start. I could see automation in that. I could mm-hmm. start doing that. But then, yeah, as I said, I kept having lunches with John, and I think I just said to him, "Look, I, I, I kind of feel um, a bit awkward, you know, saying some suggestions of the business because you know me being a staff member can only do so much." Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure whether he suggested it or me. I was just over at Forge at some stage and and we talked about partnering up. Awesome. Um, but there were a lot of things going on at the time and, uh, you know, his brother was still involved in the business. His two brothers were still involved in the business, one as a, as a director as well. Yeah. But I could, that was ending um, and... There were a lot of things that needed to happen uh, if I was to buy in. Yep. Um, but anyway, we talked about it some more and talked about it some more, and uh, I think to his surprise, I said, "Yeah, I'm in. Let's do this." <laughs> uh, to his, I wouldn't be surprised about that because I know how passionate you are. Like that's like. Yeah. Well, uh, so that w- I would have been 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a big. That's a big step. So you, you calculated, like you knew that was like. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. But again, I've always backed myself. Mm. You know, if I'm going to do something, I, I'm, I'm not cocky. Yep. But I know, deep down, I'll make it work. 
Mm. And we'll talk about that in more detail later too. That's always been my philosophy. I'll find a way of making it work. And somehow I do. But I think it's uh, calculated risks and just trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, Carly and I spoke about it in, in great detail and uh, you know we wanted to start a family at some stage as well but timing with everything and money you know you can't do all that at once mm-hmm. uh, but so we pretty much yeah mortgaged everything she put all her life savings into this as well which is very generous of her definitely um, we were married at the, at the time so it's 10 year anniversary this year for us actually congrats thank you <laughs> um, and uh yeah, I think we had enough money to buy 10%. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it would, it would have been... So, yeah, again, we're living on life ed- on knife edge with, with no you know, with uh, no savings. If she said no to that, would you have still done it? Uh, Even if you knew in your mind, so I'm similar, like, so if... It's a very tough one because I've thought about this with Taylor. I it's sometimes so hard, I know. Like it's sometimes so I don't hard. go to her with things because I, I I know in my head it's gonna work. No, I'm just doing this. Yeah. But it's very hard because you're in a relationship and money's coming in for both of you and you like it's a tough it's a very tough question. It's, it's a really tough question and um, we've had to go through this you know, many, many more times, yep. including most recently in October when I bought the rest of the business out. Uh, it's yeah she trusts me Mm. Um, we sacrifice a lot um, and she sacrificed a lot to make all this work but deep down she knows what we're doing and why we're doing it and to just believe in me you know I've got her back and she's got mine um as much as sometimes we may not think that and it's, and it's very hard it's a different yeah. completely it's different hard. dynamic for both of us but uh, I think she just knows that um, that she knows me and mm. she knows if I'm in I'll make it work yeah definitely um, and I can't not go to her with if it's financial I'll always you know she, it's, it's hers as much as it's me it's us as a unit so I'll always go to her first um, I, I don't like to say I'll convince her but if I'm that passionate and know that something's going to work there'll have to be a well it's, it's not convincing it's educating you know yes yeah. she's not involved as heavily so it's hard for her to understand yeah. and, and it'll it'll take her time to to um, accept the idea too so it's it's a massive juggling act and emotions yeah. do get involved too but big time yeah um a lot of the times and you'd uh, think the same it it'd be so much easier if if you had no um well i've probably got to, i've probably yeah. got to learn that because i'm <laughs> i know of even of recent just things that i'll i'll just go head first into not even think about it and then go shit. I should probably have a towel first. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm still learning that process. I guess um. I think, in um, if you're making a business decision about the business, I think that's completely different about a personal, um, 
a personal decision for investment or something. You know, okay. I, I won't run Carly past business decisions within the business because, again, she's not heavily involved in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, if it's, you know, purchasing equipment, unless it's a you know, $2 million machine that <laughs> that's yeah. got a name on it, yeah. of, cl- of course I'll run that past. But if it's you know, a personal investment decision of our, of our personal money, of course I'll run that past. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I bought in and then it wasn't that long after that you know, where the business was actually um, in a lot of trouble. Okay. Uh, you know, cash flow-wise, you know, orders were coming in and, and all that kind of stuff, but uh, debts were building up from both a... Um, a debtor and, and collection point of view. What debts of what? Sorry, what's like what's the? So, um, the accounts person. We had a full-time accounts person that was John's brother, and yep. um, you know he'd he'd hold um, bills out to you know 120 days, sort yep. of stuff like that. Yep. Again, for good reason for cash flow. Yeah. Um, because our, a lot of our clients weren't paying us either. Um, so there was just why is is that why is that thing like oh, insist? Mate, it's, it does my head in. Yeah. It is. If you, I've never gone to one because um, I don't, I can't stand them. But business coaches and finance coaches, they all say they say that. Yeah, they say they can say cash flow is key. So you hold you you hold your suppliers out for as long as you can and don't pay them until the third overdue notice. I had a, a oh. video. I had a video the other day for um, Josh Evolve just started a concreting company. Yep. Well, he's taken over from his dad, and his policy is you pay straight away, mm. which. Then build trust within clients. Like I think it's just a whole trust thing. Yeah. Like it, it is. If you can pay straight away, then people, it just has a better experience to it too. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I think it's almost essential to do it. So a couple of things that what we did, um, again, being a fresh, a fresh young mind, you could say, compared mm-hmm. to you know John who'd been in the industry for a long time. Um, well, no, sorry, I'll, I will get into that, but. Um, uh, so at the time, yeah, with cash flow being pretty poor, we had to fork in another hundred grand into the business to keep it going. So ten percent—that was ten grand for me, ninety for John. Yep. And putting every asset and every bit of money into the business to buy that ten percent was pretty hard to find another ten grand at the time, you know. But we did it to keep the business going. Yep. And then, you know, just paid ourselves back, bit by bit by bit, that we could afford. I think it was over twenty month, twenty four month period or whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, is it to get the business back in shape? But that's the the raw reality and wake up call of this is business. Yeah. Um, you know, you you can't just buy something and go, oh, I run a business now, everything's great. You have to work hard for it. Definitely. And um, you know, John and I, we've got a very good relationship. We spend a lot of time together. But we went down to a print expo in Melbourne, stayed the night down there and had a couple of scotches and we're discussing things. And I said, you know we need to make some big changes here, don't you? And um, I was talking about personnel. Yeah. Uh, and he knew deep down we needed to make some drastic changes to the business and pretty much flop it on its head. Yep. Is this um, when you change the name? Is that how? Uh, that was... Yeah, that was a bit later on. Okay. This is more, you know, so we had a production manager who had been there for 25 years and who was um, resistant to change. Yep. Um, we, we had, you know, John's brother who was full-time in accounts, um, um, who used to be a director of the business, who um, we just, the way that I wanted to set the business up, we didn't need, you know, we just didn't need middle middle management. Mm-hmm. It was too small of a business for middle management. Yep. 
So, and again, being uh, with little experience in business, um, we had to make some really um, painful and hard decisions, and I've done that a lot of times since, but we made um, some two very well-respected and long-standing members of the business redundant, (laughs) including one of John's family members. It's tough. It was bloody hard, mate. Mm. Um, and I know John lost a lot of sleep over it, but for the sake of the business, you know, you just and and I'm I'm sure in retrospect those those stuff and uh, we, John and his brother get on famously, which is fantastic, and I get along well with them too. But um, uh, the other staff member, I, even though um, he's got issues and stuff, um, I think deep down they know it was the right thing to do for them personally and for the business too, obviously. Yeah. Business going to come first. Like, oh. Oh, it's hard to say, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's hang a on, hot, hang oh, on. man. I, For the sake of everyone yeah, else in the business, yeah, like business has to come first. Correct. All right, but it's you've got it. Yeah, it's, it's a very tough one. Yep, yeah, and it's how it goes, mate. It's gone through my head so many times about some of the decisions that I've made. Yeah, but I'm not just responsible for that staff member. You're responsible for everybody. I'm responsible for 22 families. Yeah. All right? And that's through COVID, through everything, which we'll talk about too. Yeah. Um, and that's how I have to think about things. Yes, this is a, a crappy decision and I lose sleep over it and I know that um, they might be a good person and, and all that kind of stuff, but for the sake of the business and for the sake of everyone else in the business, these are the tough decisions that you just have to make. Mm-hmm. And you just have to have the balls to do it, um, and you know. And then, so from uh, an accounts point of view, I took over. Well, John and I, we both took over accounts. Then we had control. Mm. We knew what was going on, and I said to John, "Okay, first thing, what we need to do? Like, yes, cash flow is important, but we need to sort out our debts. All these suppliers that we owe money to. My mission is to get that to a point where we owe nothing." Yeah. where we can pay on the day. Yep. Okay, so what are you talking about? I said, how can you expect you, our clients to pay us on time if we're not paying our suppliers? Mm-hmm. And how can you expect our suppliers to do us a favour if we're holding them out? Correct. Yeah, yep. Our suppliers have been over backwards for us because they know when an invoice comes in, I'll pay it on the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Well, and then from a... From a um, a management point of view and a control point of view of knowing your finances as well you know exactly where you stand and you know what you owe and what you don't owe as well did you look at that and think geez like did you look at the the payroll and that and you're thinking right this like why are we doing this 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 and this yeah we went we dug deep and got scissors out and cut things and 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 analyzed absolutely everything Mm. and it's 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 waste management in all reality um, there were a lot of things that we could cull which did not uh, affect the business whatsoever, but just things that, oh, why do you do this? Oh, because we've always done it. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. It gets pretty hazy, I think, when you've got a big business. Oh, yeah. Like when it's small and manageable, it's it's quite easy to be like, right, well, you know, we're hiring a cleaner or whatever, but yep. then when things start to expand and things start to, I suppose, dilute, then it's very tough to look at it. Probably. And if everyone's busy as well. Yeah. You know, you know yep. it's just, oh, I'll get to that next month or whatever. Mm. Um, so, and then from a an invoicing point of view as well, from a cash flow perspective, I said to John, okay, so when you buy something online, 
you want the invoice straight away, don't you? Mm-hmm. So why are we, this is you know, old school compared to new school, why are we only billing the job once the job's complete? <laughs> yeah. Why not bill it when you book it in? So one, those that want to pay straight away, pay straight away, bonus or cash flow. Mm-hmm. Two, it's complete transparency so the client knows even right. though you've, even though you've um, sent them the quote and everything, they've got the bill in front of them. If they've got an issue with the quote or the job, that's their chance right then and there before you start the job to talk about, oh, but I thought it was going to cost this much, or oh yep. no, that's because of this reason, this reason, this reason. You get gotcha. what I mean? Yeah. So then we flip that on its head as well, and then we're able. Oh, I, I just we used credit cards and cleaned credit cards and worked very. It was it was just my mission to get to a point where bills that would usually hold out for 120 days plus, we could pay instantly. Yep. And we got to that magical day and I said, look, John. How long how else was that? It would have been, it would have been a 12-month project, oh, at 12 least. That's not bad. 12 months pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of juggling and a lot of managing and I guess a lot of um, not paying us <laughs> for the sake of, of getting it to that point, yeah. you know we could have probably um, paid ourselves a lot more if we just held those bills out. Yeah. That's false money, though. Uh, it's just to pay it back. It is. Yeah. yeah. It, it just doesn't sit right with me, and yeah. it never has, and it never will. Yeah. So we got to that stage, which was great. Um, and then um, I, the plan was always for me to buy, you know, to 50%, and then John and I would talk about what we do after that. So we, we started uh, investing as well. So we, um, being a traditional print house, okay, you've got Offset and you've got digital and you've done videos with me and understood mm. both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the emerging technology is in the digital market and always has been. And, and even before my time, you know, John has invested heavily in online because that's always been the future and in digital technology. So then we bought, you know, I think it was a six hundred thousand dollar new digital machine, and you know, and really got involved in that. And I got involved again, not just in the online side of things, but I need to know how to run every piece of equipment within the business. That works, yeah. Yep. I'm a technical background. <laughs> All yeah, right. That to... really helps as well. Yeah. In regional Victoria, it's hard to get you know technician. There's no technicians in Ballarat for these kind of you know this this gear all the finishing gear and stuff and uh more so if we're super busy um i can jump on equipment or i can come in on weekends and help get jobs out too yep you know what's the saying the man who runs uh, owns the store runs the store you know <laughs> <laughs> what was that was that might 10 or something or gj game co was it the man who runs the store owns the store sounds like might 10 yeah something like that yeah but uh that's small business you know and if a job needs to go out, if if I'm not there helping, why? Again, it's just like that. If if we're not paying our supplier, why do we expect our our clients to pay us? If I'm not there leading the way and helping and 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 pushing, how can I expect my staff to go that extra level and do some extra hours and 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 give to the business mm-hmm. if I'm not doing it I'm myself? Doing it. Yep. Again, it just never sat right with me. So. I learned how to use every piece of equipment and I pretty much learned how to fix a lot of the equipment as well. But in learning too, because of my software background, I learned um, what software was available and how to automate things as well. So 
a path from receiving a, a print file to having that on the, the printer on a big sheet and however many we can fit of that of that one document on that one sheet so the operator can pretty much um, find the find the job type in a quantity load the paper and press go you know there's so much more to it than that but to make life simple for them yep. means that we can uh, we can actually automate and go yep. automate and and our capacity can grow because we can do so much many more jobs yep. from that point of view and and in fact we don't need as many staff as well because mm-hmm. we can automate so much yep. and then when we have you know as you know with printers you have issues you know so when you have issues, because I've got that technical background, I can talk to the technicians or I can go higher up and say, guys, you know this is a problem, I know this is a problem, I know where the problem is, bloody come and fix it, you know, or yeah. sort it out. Yep. So that gave me, I guess, again, control, without being a control freak. I'll talk about control a lot because I, I'm, I feel like I'm in control of my life. Yeah. because of all this you know well, you've learned all that therefore you're not getting fed bullshit you know yeah. what, what you're in control of what they need to fix yeah that's right yeah so yeah I'd, yeah so um carly and i would we saved up enough to buy you know 25 percent and um and then we went and yeah things continued to go well and and, and improve and then we came to stage to buy the, the next twenty five percent to the fifty percent. So this the price is going up and up because you're See, working so hard okay, in business. This is the thing. Yeah. And this is where I'm getting at is, and I've, it's taken me a long, long time to accept this, but it is what it is, mm. you know, and I guess it's hard for, hard for it's. I, I now understand where you know the, the rich can get richer, mm. right? Because they've got enough money to buy at a low price correct all right so i won't say that i bought i bought at a fair price when i bought that first 10 and then 25 percent yeah um i I bought probably market value but because i worked so hard to make the business work it was double it's sort of well so i was having this discussion (laughs) about um bringing someone into Ono just to sell them 10 percent and I suppose some of it can be up to discretion, can't it? Because you, you sort of, if you want the person in there, but you also know what the person's done for work, then yep. you can sort of find out an even rate yep. rather than being, what, two and a half or three times the business. Yeah. There's, yes. There's so that's meant to be the standard. Multipliers like depending Multiply, on the yeah. industry. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Um, plus stock, plus the machinery yeah. and stuff, which yep. can get astronomical. It gets messy. Yeah, definitely. So it's a very... Um, it's interesting though because yeah, like I said, you work so hard to get it where it is. Oh man! But then you've got to pay more to grab it. So hard. Yeah. And this is where kids get involved too. So yeah, we started a family. Yep. Um, well, so, um, Carly was working at she's um, uh, she did uni and and studied um, marketing. Yep. Uh, so um, she was working at Homes Paint when I met her. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, and was there and then found an interest in graphic design and taught herself graphic design and she was the in-house graphic designer at Holmes. Okay. When I bought in and we thought about starting a family, um, she moved across to Kingprint yep. and, um, and worked in pre-press and, and helped printing jobs and learned a bit about the business too, which was really great for her and I guess for us to work together for a little while too. Did you like that? It was... Um, yeah, yes, we did. 
but it was hard as well because I was so far, there was so much that we had to change Josh there was for the business to actually work I had to work so hard and just be focused on the business mm. um, so I guess Carly may have felt like I might have you know, neglected her in the business mm-hmm. but it's what I had to do to make the business work um, and she might you know, she was doing her eight hours, but I'd stay back till 11, 12 at night and I'd be back in at seven in the morning. You know, you, I was doing those long hours with John yeah. to to change that business. You know, we'd get up at, uh, at 5.30 in the morning and do a group fitness class and then come straight into work. We've got showers at work, have a shower and be on, you know, and then wouldn't leave till 11. It's, it's the stuff that... You, and I've done worse than that since... Um, it's the stuff you have to do. Yeah. So, um, we had our first child, Chester. Uh, so that was six years ago now, and that was in the early days of, of still trying to make this thing a success. Yeah. And we, we were only the, the actual operation of the business was really only, and this is manufacturing as well, from maybe seven a.m. till five six o'clock at night, but equipment can run 24 hours a day yeah. and you're paying a fortune for this gear so you need it to you know, I'm not going to say no to work You know, if I want to build this business I'm not going to say no to work and if that means that I'm going to have to do it well, to make this business work I'll do it yep. so I was printing you know, and then I was guillotining and I was binding you know, these are extra jobs to make the business more money mm. to build the business um, but it's what you do uh, and then yeah then we um, were successful in, in getting pregnant and and, uh, and had Chester and then that flipped me on my head again because my focus was so much on building this business but if I'm all in, I'm all in, Josh. <laughs> and kids, it's, it's difficult. It is so hard with young ones especially like, this, like we talked about this earlier before we yep. came on with the sleep and yep. but then also the business side of things. It's just like, you're sort of torn both ways. Oh, you really so want to hop at home. Yep. You really want to be involved. Yep. But you don't want to see your business go to shit or you're the one that things fall back on. Exactly. And that's where a lot of self-sacrifice comes in. You know, I've just devoted everything to my family and the business. Yep. And then if, if there is any extra time, then it's probably more for the family. Yep. Or I'll try and find a little bit for me but have the guilts about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you feel like you feel like an arsehole. Oh man, right? so I'm a self-guilter. Even like going to the movies or something with a friend, and then yeah. like, we'll tell us at home with Willow, and yep. I'm just like, you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yep. horrible. And it's not totally doing it, or no. totally doing it. No, it's on yourself, but it's just it's, it makes yeah. It's yeah a, we're involved people. We, and I, it, so this is gonna sound not harsh. It's gonna sound weird, but when Taylor goes home, that's my go time. And I feel that's the time where I can go and do things. So she goes home to the family's house, and I. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, so okay. I'm like, right, yep. I've got four days. Yep. Of go time. So whether that's doing videos, if that's catching up with mates, if that's going out for a couple of drinks, if that's that's go time. Yeah, right. There for me, but it's a very I don't know because I don't feel like shit then because they're not home. They're not yeah, sitting yeah, there yeah, waiting, yeah. or she's not doing things yeah. at home that I can help with. Yeah. Oh well, where Carly's mum is just around the corner, so okay. it's well, not like she goes away on holidays or yep. whatever. To be honest, I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I love my peace and I love my my space. Yep. 
but I just don't get much of that. Mm. But I'll talk about self-sacrifice and the way I do that a bit later. Um, but because I was wanting to be, well, I, yeah, first child, you know, not, it's so scary. It is. So scary. And I'm not sure about you, but I I think we spoke about this because when, when I found out with your yeah. first, I called you up and said, you did. how are you feeling hey, about this and I remember, all that? Yeah. Because for me, um, I was shit scared. I was worried. You know, all these what ifs and these, you know, if, if something happened to the, to the child or something happened to Carly or whatever, um, I don't know what I'd do. It's, um, and it worried me deeply. <laughs> yeah. Because um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm all in and I want this to work. So everything worked perfectly. He was, Chester was three and a half weeks early, so he was tiny. Oh, it's early, yeah. Yeah, but fine. Yeah. But I remember I had to go to Target that same day and, um, and buy five zeros for him. <laughs> it was that small. It was incredible. Um, but yeah, we were home within two days. Yeah. But ironically, at that same time, because we had shifted the business so much, again, we're doing another change. We decided to rebrand the business. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, I guess oh, we'd also, before then, we'd also bought two other businesses. Oh, this is where you had in. Where is it? I don't so, want to say Tuco. Yeah. So we bought. We we came up. There, there was a business for sale, a printing business for sale, an existing printing business for sale in Tuco. Yeah. And we did the sums and, and looked at things and because of the technology and the way that uh, we'd set up the business from an IT perspective as well, we thought we could make this work where that's an existing business, we pretty much closed down all manufacturing at that location, turn into a satellite office mm-hmm. and use our, our amazing equipment, which we've spent a fortune on, which can run 24 hours a day, to start loading up that gear yep. and start running shifts. So why why didn't you just do it all in home base in Ballarat and just ship things out? Was the shipping too expensive to say to somebody or did you need somewhere a bit closer to other people with Echuca? No, what I mean is that's what, exactly what we did. So we shut down production in Echuca yep. and printed it all locally here in Ballarat and then shipped it back to Echuca. Gotcha. So they had uh, an existing you know, database and a lot of clients and relationships and artwork as well, which we could put online. Yep. So for all of their clients, we could then automatically transfer them to online clients, which yep. secures them. Uh, and then, um, of course, being a very small printer in Echuca, they didn't have the technology that we had. So we could then offer products which we'd never offered before. So upsell and all that kind of stuff too. Yep. Um, and run that business really lean. Now we had amazing staff there, and that was quite successful. So we thought, oh, Ripper, this this is easy. Yeah. Uh, and then that broker that sold us that business um, found us one in Goulburn in New South Wales. So Goulburn's halfway between Sydney and Canberra. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're famous for their jail. For their jail. <laughs> so anyway, we um. We bought that one as well. And this was both just before Chester was born. Uh, and that was a lot harder, a lot of stress, and a lot of stress both on John and myself going up there and trying to make that work. You know, we're talking about staff who are very old school as well and maybe re- resistant to change or you know, have just gone through a dramatic, oh, the business of sale, I don't know if I've still got job security, what's going on, all that too. So um, I'm a very feelings person and 
and um, I can understand their feelings and just want to make sure that they knew that everything was okay but I needed to make this work as well. And we got it to work but it was bloody hard work. Oh, no doubt, it's a long way away. Yeah, so then we thought, well, okay, so there's this young dude who's bought in heavily in the business and is, we're drastically changing it. We're expanding into other areas which means we can expand further too because with our um, online system and, and the, the trade quoting side of things and that too, we were finding that it wasn't just local business, but the trade market from, from Melbourne, from Canberra, from Adelaide, from everywhere was starting to find out about us again because of the investments that we've made too um, and start to use our online system and place orders. So we'll be coming national very quickly. But the name Kingprint was very much... Yeah, it's 1902. Old, it's yeah. very much a, a, a Ballarat traditional name. Well, they sponsored our old footy league, actually. Exactly. They yeah, were yeah. very... Less well, than We course. are very heavily in sponsorship and in, in sports, but yep. that name, Kingprint, or the Ballarat printer, mm. you know, was very much the Ballarat printer. And, again, with this young bloke um, making, some, making some changes too, it was time for a new name. Mm. So we worked with Mass Motion, with Luke and Jane, um, and they helped us um, come up with a, a new brand and it was actually very ironic and quite beautiful actually that the night that we were supposed to go to Mitchell Harris to talk about some names that they had come up with, that day Chester was born. Oh wow. And uh, they still went ahead and went to Mitchell Harris and I had to go home and get some clothes for Carly and get the five zeros for Chester. Mm. And I stopped off at Mitchell Harris, and they were there. <laughs> so we got to we got to wet the head, yeah. And um, and that's when the name Revolution Print was born as well. The same day that Chester was born. That's incredible. <laughs> How good that? Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, we did the whole rebrand and the video. I saw the video. I guess for about a minute. It's a pretty good video. We actually launched that video here at the region. That, so oh, we brought, yeah, we brought all the staff together from every from every location, and because we were changing the name, we really wanted to get them involved in understanding, you know, the culture, who we are, what we're doing moving forward, and then we brought them all to the cinema, and um, and and so gave us it. the iPad and everything like that, and the login details, and yep. I, I played the awesome. the new videos um, on the big screen for everyone. It was pretty special. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and that really cemented the you know the who we are and what we're trying to be and, and our attitude yep. you know, we're not an old school printer we never want to be that um, we want to be known for something different and that was the start of that mm-hmm. so so yeah then um, Chester was born and you know so this whole journey is all about trying to build that business up to get I guess get more orders and use the equipment to its full capabilities but you know, that takes a, a lot of effort and and you can't just employ staff and think the work's going to come. You know, you have to get the work. It's the chicken and egg. You have to kind of get the work uh, and train the staff, but there's a lot of money involved in all that too. So if you can get the work and I just do extra hours until we know that work's going to continue, well, I'll do that. And yeah, my son was born as well. So as I said before this, um, I actually forgot how to sleep. I'm not a good sleeper as it is, but I was that finely tuned. Is he stirring? Is he awake? What's going on? Is he okay? Is he rolled over? Blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't a good sleeper anyway, so Carly was up breastfeeding him for hours upon end, and she wanted support. So <laughs> so I was there just 
lying on the ground but being in the same room as them but then trying to run a business at the same time and just thinking this is bloody ridiculous but doing it for her and you just do what you got to do mate you mm. know how many hours sleep you get a week a night what now or yeah, now. then oh well, say now oh maybe i'm not again i'm not a good sleeper i might get five solid hours if that in the night mm, not much not much but i'm just highly functional it's what i do but it's it, it's self-sacrifice as well to be able to do other things yeah yeah um so then then John and I you know in, in the print industry you get to do some pretty cool things you know if you're if you're that heavily invested with um, with certain companies they'll send you places because they want you to buy the next thing or whatever okay yeah and in print the biggest thing the biggest um, I guess expo is in Germany it's called Drupa D-R-U-P-A and it's the size of maybe 12 of Jeff's sheds like Jeff. The Melbourne Exhibition Centre. So oh, right. It's 12 of them. About 12 of them. Oh, so okay. this is in Dusseldorf uh, in Germany. Mm-hmm. It is massive. Um, it's a two-week expo and you, you pretty much need, you know, six days or whatever to, to walk around. And sort of like the China, the, is it the one they have in China, like the fair trade, like those yeah, trade shows? Yeah, like all those kind of trade shows, yeah. you know, and every supply is there. So HP, for example, their, um, their tent, you could say, is as big as the Melbourne Exhibition Centre, their own thing it's bloody ridiculous mm. and they've got big machines actually operating so it's 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 every four years and it probably takes two years to set up and make sure it's right and everything it's just ridiculous and people all over the world come so um yeah we were heavily invested with xerox at the time and they sent both john and i over there um for free for, yeah for free yeah and and put us up in this Oh, five-star accommodation castle took us out and, and this with a lot of other the, the whole Australian and New Zealand market um, and took us to like some chef's hat restaurant uh, like a two chef's hat restaurant and all this it was it was mind-blowing yeah you know is this for everyone blowing. or just like like everyone in the, like the Australian market type of people or they're top just clients got... they're big oh. clients yep and what I mean by top clients is they're invoicing us 25 grand a month you know, mm. it's it's big dollars. Twenty five grand a month for it's just for the clicks on the machine. If, oh my you God. know, yeah, and it'd be it'd be well, it'd be double if not triple that now on our big machine. Yeah, yeah, big dollars, mate. Mm. So we went to this expo, and I was just I was just flabbergasted. I was over the moon. It was incredible. You know. I was, I'm a geek, you know, I'm in my world. It was fantastic. I got to see all this equipment and we, you, could, you see, it's just like a car show. You see concepts, you see what's coming up. And uh, the, the new technology that, that we knew was coming at some stage but didn't know when was um, the inkjet world. So not your bloody $50 office Roll work, zzz, 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 inkjet machines, but your high, high volume, amazing quality, um, large um, like a spray. It was a spray. spray. I remember, th- yeah. remember you telling me, I was thinking, what the hell? Yeah. What's spray on? Yep. So I went searching for these because we knew they must be coming up soon. And um, we went to the, the Konica stand and, and saw this big box, big robot box in the corner with flashing lights and everything. This is fucking cool. And, yep. And, um, and was lucky enough that uh, an engineer who had been working on it, developing it, uh, was there. And I got to spend some quality time and 
uh, I've got to stick my head in it and see the parts. And again, because I've, I've been a technician as well, mm. I kind of understood things a bit more. And because I do some of the maintenance on our gear, I understand it a bit more. I thought, yeah, this is pretty cool. Okay, so I looked at a few others and yeah, I reckon oh, this, this is the one we need to watch out for. So I left it there. Uh, and then, uh, might, might have been two years later, Xerox had another big um, do with their users in Taiwan this time. And they took you to Taiwan? Took us. Yep, just me this time. I think John went the year before to, um, might have been to Thailand or something, but I, I got to go to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And again, there was a, a new machine which they were releasing, and we had to sign documents and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was an okay machine but you know, not that important but at that time uh, Carly was heavily, heavily pregnant with our second with Hugo um, so that even that was hard just being away with a heavily, heavily pregnant wife and just wanting to be supportive but knowing that this is good for the business me mm. doing this connections learning understanding all that kind of stuff and also um what is um you know what the 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 life experiences that I can personally have um, because of of what I'm doing within the business you know there's no what would I go to Taiwan <laughs> but I went and it was incredible um, but anyone that knows me knows that I'm not a good traveler whether that's in the car or on a go kart or an airplane just something happens you know sick wise you know um carly and i we took her her mum to new zealand for a, a long weekend and that was when the chilly ash cloud so it ended up being 10 days we got stuck over there yeah, I remember, yeah. um and in taiwan uh the last few days i think it was a six four no four or five day conference but the last two days after the actual official business that happened i started to not feel right and then i'm not then i didn't feel right and then i really didn't feel right and had the sweats and migraines and everything. I thought, Jesus, what's going on here? Uh, and ended up going to hospital in Taiwan. We got dropped toilets, Josh, like crazy stuff. <laughs> and I had um, influenza. Oh. Uh, influenza B. Um, and, mate, if anyone out there does not get the flu jab or the, this COVID jab, just do it. I don't get the flu jab. Do it. I've never had it. If you get the real flu, it'll knock you around silly. I reckon I've had it once and it did knock me for six. Oh. And this sounds dramatic. I think I got my brother to tie my shoes at the time. And I said, um, I can't, I can't tie my shoes. Like mm. I was that, it sounds so dramatic, but I was that fucked. Like I was just cooked me. So again, they had us in you know, this beautiful five-star accommodation in Taiwan. And uh, only a couple of days earlier, I'd gone for a 10-day run with, uh, sorry, a 10K run with a few of the other guys, you know. And, and it just hit me. And I was sweating pools of sweat. You know, I could, I was wrong. I was no good at all. And then, yes, I went to the hospital. They went to emergency and they gave me these drugs. But it's all in Taiwanese. I had no idea. Um, Carly's cousin is a is a paramedic for um, uh, for for the army and stuff. So he was over in Afghanistan or something. I was messaging him, taking photos of all these drugs, and he said, "Yeah, take this one. Do this one. This this one." But, Oh, Carly, I've got Carly in Australia, heavily pregnant, but then she understands all this infectious control kind of stuff and, um, you know, the flu, it's highly infectious, just like COVID. Yep. So even when I did come back to Australia, I'd have to quarantine for a while. I couldn't see her. She, again, she's heavily pregnant. I don't want her to catch yeah, it, blah, course. blah, blah. Amazing. Yeah. And um, 
I had to stay over there for probably another week. Uh, and it was scary, man. It was horrible. Um, and on the plane, I just wanted to die. I did not. It was... Yeah. So mum picked me up from the airport and I stayed at mum's for a week. To wear a mask? Yeah. Deal plan. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. And I burst into tears mm. um, in front of a flight attendant. Yeah, you know, I was I was no good whatsoever. Like I, 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 we had enough business points for for business class, but I don't know if you know if business how business class works with points. You yeah, only get the, if there's yeah. one available. You're yep. the last in the queue. Yep. And there wasn't one available. Um, leading up to it, and I was on the phone. I kept going to the desk, and was, and I, you know, my head was about to explode, and I wanted to die. And I just pleaded, and they just, I think they just saw me and thought, oh, we have to do something here, and somehow got me a business class. There was your seat. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I just struggled through the whole flight, but then got home and just rested at mum's, and you know, I, I don't sleep much, but obviously I slept there. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah, got home and, and everything was okay. But then yeah, then we had our second child, Hugo. So, um, and they're just, they're, they're incredible. And three years apart, yeah, great, great gap, perfect, fantastic. Uh, and yeah, the business is going well. So um, then we, um, the f- friends of I, uh, friend of John's works for for Conica, and uh, took John to some golf day, and the first one of these machines that I saw in Germany um, had been in Australia and was installed in Australia, and John got to meet the owner. Well, we knew the owner of it, and um, he was questioning, and yeah, found out oh, this thing's actually pretty good. So he came back from that golf day and said, "We'll see. Um, I think you need to go down to Melbourne and see this machine and, and have a chat and see what's going on." So I went down there, and wow, this is um, this is next level. This is the one you bought. This is the one. Yeah, we bought. yeah, yeah. There's only two in Australia. There's three now. Three now. Yeah, um, and this yeah, this was yeah, it's. It's a two million dollar investment. Yeah. You know, um, we were number thirty in the world of this technology, and it is, it's it's, it's the next generation in, in print. Yeah. Just like I guess um, the iPhone was the next generation from, um, keypads. Nokia, you know, but it's that big of a difference. Yeah. Right? It's where the future is going, mm-hmm. and we're a very early adopter. Yeah. You know, and that was over three years ago. Now that that was installed. Um, uh, and there's only one more in Australia since then. You know, it's 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 hard to sell printers worth two million dollars. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So we got that, and uh, yeah, again, I learned how to run it. So we were pretty quick up in getting um, you know, two shifts on it, but I wanted to get to a third shift. We got to pay this machine off. Yeah, it's expensive. Mm. If we're going to pay this machine off, we need to run it 24 hours a day, but. You need the work to do that, and you need the, the work constantly to be able to employ a staff member. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to run that, and on and off I was running it. So we had staff members from 7 in the morning to 11 at night on it, but all that extra time, that's when I was running it. And I'd, if John said, oh, I've got this job, I'd say, win the job, we'll make it work. Mm. It's, it's, it's always been my thing with John, I'll make it work. Yep. You know, when we sat down at the Yacht Club and was about to sign on the dotted line, he goes... I, he said that I convinced him, you know, to, to do this. Um, uh, but I said to him, "It'll almost kill me, but I'll make it work." Yeah. And it's yeah. Pretty reassuring, especially if you've done it time after time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got a track record yeah. now. Um, 
So the work started coming in, uh, but you know, not reliably for that third shift. So yeah, I'd work all day, I'd come home, bath the kids, have dinner, spend some time with Carly, and then if there was work on, I'd go back in at 11 o'clock at night and work till that job was finished. Sometimes that'd be you know, 7 o'clock in the morning when the next shift came in. What, so I'd sleep there or what? Um, sometimes I'd have a rest on the couch, other times I'd be doing accounts, you know, because I do accounts, I do everything, yep. um, or setting up new things online or whatever. There's always something to do when you're a business owner, mm. but sometimes I just lay on the couch and put Apple TV on, uncomfy couch, I need to get a new one. But yeah, um, and then sometimes you know, fitness is so important in my life. So even stages where uh, I was working all night, if the machine was running really well, I'd just let it go and um, at 5.30 in the morning I'd go to a group fitness class and then come home, have breakfast, I'll have a shower, have breakfast, and take Chester to school, and go to bed for a few hours, and then get up, work again, and start again. Like oh, it's, yeah. I have sac- I sacrifice a lot, mm. but my staff know that. John knows that. My wife knows that. You know, they all see what I do, yep. and that's not me beating my chest. It's just I think it's a respect thing. You know, yeah. they're willing to go above and beyond for me because they know that I'll do the same Different. for them as well. Is John still there? Or John's still yeah, 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 John's still there. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, um, Christmas before last, uh, he'd had a few health things going on and we'd always talked about me buying him out, but it was going to be in a few more years' time. You know, mm. I was still paying off the debt for the other 50%. Yep. But I think it was the last day of, of the working year we had breakfast together and he said, Leon, I need out. I'm like, man, it's Christmas. <laughs> I wanted a week off. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I could think about during Christmas was, oh, how am I going to make this work? Fifty percent? What's he going to do? We're going to have we going uh, you know. I think I was at his house the day the deal went through. Yeah, right. I reckon I was at his. That's like the first time I met him. Yeah, you were sporto. I was yes, and yep. I was just talking to him then and saying he was saying that um, you you bought basically the whole business. Yeah, he's he's an incredible bloke. Mm, he's, good fella. He's a great mentor. He's the god. Uh, him and Colleen are the godparents of both our kids, oh, yeah, awesome. and you know I've so much respect for him because you know talk about work ethic, and still work ethic. Yeah, he puts in, and not just um, at work, but he's you know he's exercise and everything. I've, yeah, he's a someone I look up to and will always awesome. will. Yeah, yep. and 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 he's still a mentor, so he's still within the business, and it's it's worked out really well. But yes, so. And then, um, so then COVID hit and um, we lost 70% overnight. And so this was before I bought in the rest, but I was still talking to the banks and everything. And I said to John, mate, um, I know that you're not well and everything, but I think we just need to put this on hold. And he goes, yeah, 100% agree. We've got bigger things to worry about right now. Mm. You know, so before that fateful um, Monday or Wednesday, whatever it was, um, I'd got very conscious about what was going on. And again, group fitness, I was in cycle class and even just my breathing, I could just go, I'm I'm breathing in the same room as everybody else. I don't feel comfortable about this. Because of COVID? Yeah. Yeah. I I knew early on what was going to happen. Mm. And we always go for breakfast on a Sunday after it. And I just started to get in a really bad attitude and and think really negatively about it and kind of start to have a panic attack. And I got home and 
was no good. Mm. Carly, I said, oh. And, and really started to panic. And she's like, just settle down, it's all right. And I said, no, I need to go. So I went up to the office and got big sheets of paper and just started writing out contingency plans. This is before the announcements and lockdowns and everything happened. Yep. We got so much on the line, you know. We we have so uh, so many leases and loans and everything, and and the twenty two what's twenty four staff. Then I, I had to make sure that whatever happened, I had a plan. Mm-hmm. Again, control, and a lot of this stuff was out of my control. Yep. But I wrote everything down, and on the Monday I sat down with John, said, right, we need to contact the banks now. You know, before the banks came to us and you know said. Put loans on homes, uh, uh, um, pauses on loans, like they did to everyone and everything. Yep. We went to the banks first and paused the loan <laughs> and asked. Yeah, 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 because I knew what was about to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, and we lost overnight, or just stopped seventy percent. Yeah, you know, and all this work building up to um, uh, we me running overnight and building up to be able to produce 24-7 oh, sorry 24 hours a day 5 days a week I was confident that we had enough work just before COVID so we employed someone we spent 7 grand and, and got someone and um, he started on that Monday I welcomed him in the door at 8.30 in the morning 11 o'clock I said I, I was back and forth with um with my, my HR person who's a, a dear friend of mine yeah. and uh, I said I think I know what's about to happen I need to I think I need to say we, he's, there's no role here and she goes <gasps> I think you're right that's heavy so for two for, for two years I'd been on and off doing 18, 20 hours a day you know, self-sacrificing everything to try and get us to a point where we can make money on this machine um, and have enough work coming in reliably where where we could comfortably and respectfully employ a third shift and then at 11 o'clock to say, sorry, mate, there's no role here. What did he say to you? Um, he, he didn't say much to me, but he said a lot to the HR company who helped me employ him. He was wrong. Mm. I'm sure he understands now. But yeah, of course, at but the like time he was emotions, yeah. I don't think he'd left his previous employment in good position as well, which probably had something to do with it. Yep. Um, Are you going to go back to him or no? Uh, no, that because of it ended because it ended quite badly. Yep. It ended quite badly, and with COVID, it took quite a long time for us to get back to a position of twenty-four hours a day, five yeah, days a week. So, yep. uh, and we had to stand down. Yeah, we're very lucky we could keep operating, but even though you can keep operating, you know, you've got, you still don't, you, you need the work to come in, and yeah. the work wasn't coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, with printing, so much of it's corporate, uh, businesses are closed, but a lot of it's events too, and sports, they're all closed, and they're still yeah. closed. Yep. Uh, so we're still building back up, but I had to stand down most of our staff. Uh, and I thought about standing down everyone and then it was just going to be John and I and I was just going to operate everything while John kept sales coming in and just start the business again, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it... It was hard. Mm. Of course. To a point where, you know, last year, you know, Carly loves the block. <laughs> loves what, the block? Loves the block, the yeah. TV show. Yeah. 
and that was filmed during all the COVID periods. Yep. And the way they filmed it last year is they had all you know the announcements as everything was happening and that too. Mm-hmm. And I was there sitting on the laptop, sitting on the couch while she was watching the block, and um, and all the different announcements start coming up throughout the show. And here's ScoMo on the screen saying this and that. And because it was filmed in Victoria, there's Dan Andrews on the screen. And I'm just in tears. And Carly's looking at me and she goes, what's up? And it's just obviously post-traumatic stress. It's built up and it's it's affected me that much that I just broke down in tears. Yep. And this is night after night of, 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 of the... The bloody block TV show, showing all these um, all these things, of all the announcements happening again and again, and I'm, I'll break down again. You know, the last lockdown, as the announcements was coming on, I was a staff member was asking me questions, and I just I just broke down in tears. What the fuck? Every it's, it's hard because you sit like every time he comes on, even Monday was it Monday just gone? Yeah, Monday just gone. He came on, and I thought, fuck, here we go again. Yeah. Like, tell us to go um, dance on TV. And then he's like, I didn't, I didn't want to have to do this. I'm thinking, fuck me. Like, yeah. here we go again. Like, we don't get... We got support for one of our businesses. Yeah, yep. None of the other ones. Because technically, we don't employ anyone. Like, I just do all the... Like, we like to keep it bare bones. I just do all the work. So they're just you run like, lean, yeah. You run lean, yeah. Yep. And so they're like... Um, I think from even the the third... Two times ago, I reckon it was two, two or three times ago, lockdown, where they... So JobKeeper had stopped... They were giving out business grants. They're still still messaging us now, just saying, "Oh, we're not sure yet. Um, you know, we'll let you know." And I'm just like, "Fucking hell! Like, how long is this gonna go?" So, what emo- Were you angry? Or have um, you been angry? Yeah, like I didn't. So the first couple of times, I was okay. Yep. I was just whatever. Like yep. I let it go. Spent some time with Willow. Um, as long as I was breaking even, David was fantastic from um, from BCM. Like he. He paused our rent fully. Yeah, we're paying point. half rent from all the other places. Yep. Um, then when now it's we're still paying full rent at all the places. Mm. So the last couple of lockdowns, I'm sure if I rang David, he'd be really polite. I know that he's, he's just a really good guy. Yeah, he would he, he would help us yeah. out. He was in Young Ambition for a while too. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just a genuine yeah. genuine guy. He is. So he would, I know he would help us out. Um, but the other the one stall and Shepherd and like I think. You just don't know what people's financial position is. No, nah, they're all battlers too. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. So, like... That's um, the same in Goulburn at the moment. New yep. South Wales, they're in full lockdown. But he's helped us out so much, I'm not going to ask him to help out anymore. Yeah. Like, it's tough. We're it's all... Very, everyone's yeah. hurting. Yeah. Um, so, like, the last couple, I think I was just angry because I just knew the mental state I get in when I'm doing... Because I just... I always have to be doing something and progressing it. I just find it really hard to just sit here... Yep spend money for no reasons yep. like fuck what am I doing yep. like what are we doing like, what, what can I do now I go and upgrade a few bits in the gym but apart mm. from that I just sit there yeah I got angry at all the political BS that went along with it and the lack of communication well I found mixed messaging really hard yeah and um, I still do it's, yeah. it hasn't mate how, we've been going through this for two, two, nearly two years two years yeah it's just like you know the, like the vaccines even the vaccine rolling the, yeah. yep if we were running our businesses the way that they're running the country... About that, be out. <laughs> mate, and it, it disturbs me. It disturbs me to my bones. Because this is, you know, we, uh, we talk about control and I talk about control. These are things that we can't control. Yep. In all honesty, yeah, we have one vote. But if the whole system's 
you know, just stuffed and they're just playing political games. The mm. opposition's no better. No. It's just a game. So what control do we have in all reality of of the future of this, com- this country? We really don't have any control whatsoever. Mm. We can do our part to hope that it inspires others to do the same, to do the right thing and all that kind of stuff. But yep. uh, we're leaders, okay? We're leaders for our businesses and for our staff and for our people in our community. We're proper leaders. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to hope that I'm a, I'm a good leader anyway. I know you are. Yep. But people that are in leadership positions for the country, they need to think twice. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just over it. Where do you think it goes from here, then? Well, it's not going to change. And no, that's, that's, but you sort of come to the point where you live with it. Yeah. And adapt with it, but... But I, I can't. That's the thing. And it, 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 it genuinely affects me because it's not right. You know, and there's too many lives and, and too much at stake. If things were done right instead of, <clears throat> instead of done politically, things... You know, I understand lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, and I agree 100% they're needed for the sake of, of health and everything, but we saw this coming. Mm. You know, It didn't just hit us at the same time as everyone else. We're an island. We're far away from everybody else. If we did things properly, Josh, It'd be fine. honestly, mate, Yeah. just... And the amount of money that's been spent in doing I things know. the wrong way. What was the thing in America? There was a stat, statistic that came out that said that the end world hunger... For like 60 years or more or something, the money they've spent on it. Yeah. Which is just insane. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it, it just disturbs me because I know it could be different. Yeah. And if, and just the messages and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's yeah. Mm. I don't know why it affects me so much, but I care. I've, you know, we've got... Well, it affects your business. Like it affects companies. business. Yeah. It affects... I've got... I've got um, staff who are on the spectrum. I've got staff who have, you know, some mental health things. I've got staff who are single parents. Um, you know, we've got two... Our youngest has spent more days at home um, homeschooling than at school. You know, yep. he's in grade one and for his development and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate that he's at a young age at school. I, yep. I, I feel very... Can't um, imagine year 11, year 12. Oh, even just the grade six and all that kind of stuff. Just Horrible. Yeah. You know, they're they're learning who they are. Yep. And and learning about life and and yeah, you could just imagine. Mm. And some of the young kids that, that we're bringing in, um, they're they're just giving up on school because all this home learning and that it's just too much for them. Yeah. And it's great. They want to learn. They want to advance. So I'll help them out. Um, but it's it's just very sad. Mm. Yeah. And. I'm in constant. I, I'm one that thinks. I, I think about my my friends, and my contacts a lot. You know, I've contacted you a few times, contacted yep. Sporto, and contacted a lot of other people in town in the community, just to see how they're going as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in constant contact with a few people who are business owners, just you know, talking it through, but also kind of setting them up to understand that. It wasn't just last year. It's not just going to be this year. You know, the vaccine's going to help, but it's not... It's not going to stop it. It's not well, going to people stop are it. still getting it. Yeah. 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 And young people are getting it now too, and that's yeah. a scary thing. Mm. Um, so we're going to live with this, you know, next three, five, ten years. We're just going to have to adapt. We're going to have to learn to accept, but just do things smart. Yep. But 
it's it is genuinely scary too, especially if you've got you know, health conditions or you are res- uh, not just because you're running a business. I like to say because you're responsible for x yeah. number of families as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the business equipment and 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 people uh, and uh, equipment and and investments are one thing. You need the people to run them. Yeah. You know, that's what my business is all about. It's the culture and attitude and people. If if they're not in a good position and don't feel supported and they've got stuff going on, we're in no good shape. So I need to. I'm in constant communication with them, giving them weekly updates and and just check ins. You know, making sure that everyone's okay, um, and just trying to paint a positive. We're we're in a very we're in a very fortunate place that we invested when we did. Yeah. No one's investing now. You know, the industry is extremely old fashioned. Yeah. Where you could say futuristic you know we're looking at the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years and I'm still investing I spent 60 grand the other day on a new machine because I know what that's going to do for the future of our business long term long term and my staff can see that and they know that and I'm telling them that I share a lot of financial information I share the plan I share what's going on Um, and uh, the industry in general, not just in Australia, but worldwide, are uh, actually talking about what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, France was in touch the other day, the US, um, I'm, I'm in communication with a lot, and we're shipping to Singapore and New Zealand uh, a lot as well. For print stuff? For print stuff, yeah. and um, an international company who uh, is the biggest international printer in the world, uh, do a lot of work through us now as well, and is growing as well. So. Um, I know that we'll be okay. Uh, I know a lot of others in our industry will not, which is pretty sad, but um, is only going to benefit us. Um, so it's, yeah, from that perspective, I just have to keep the spirits up of our staff. Mm. But it's very hard at the same time when this, when the work drops off to keep their spirits up. Work and drops off, you don't know when the next lockdown's coming yeah. like Today the numbers came out and I thought, like, I hadn't looked into it enough, but I, I think it was just coming from school numbers, but there's yep. 40 people today or something like that. Was, uh, no, it's 60 something. It's 60 for Vic? I, I think so. You sure? I, we'll look it up. It's, yeah. it's either 57 or it's something big. But I, I thought on Tuesday, I thought, oh, we'll be locked down again by the end of the For week. sure. That's what exactly what I thought too. Yeah. Which yeah. is shit because like you just... It is, but you've got to prepare for it now. Yeah. And I think you've got to look ahead, and we're smart enough now to understand the dynamics of what's going on. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen, and it'll happen a time after that as well. Yeah. So it's we just got to future-proof and, and think forward and try and mentally prepare for that too. Mm. I, I, as I've said to you and Sporto and a few others, I can only imagine, and, and Tim from Integrity, what you guys have gone through is a completely different story to a lot of businesses that can still you zero, know, operate. Zero overnight. Mate, mm. I've, I've, I've felt it for you guys Lucky, so much. I, so if not, much. If, there, if there's, like, we were, we're pretty um, good with our money just saving and just mm. sitting and, like, we don't spend all shit and that. Yep. Lucky, though, like, imagine if you just, if you were on the bare bones, what do you do? There's a lot, we, we won't know. Yeah, well, no, yeah, like it'll come out. It'll come out, yeah, you know, because of the, the the way that they've allowed businesses to keep running insolvent, you know, for I think for years now. Yeah, <laughs> um, we won't know the truth and, for and, a while. And even like um, the thing I was saying with Reese last week with 
the cafes and whatnot, and they're saying like, so they still can open, mm-hmm. yet they can't really get foot traffic because people are told to stay at home, but yet you want to support your yeah, local community, exactly. but yeah. you still got to pay full rent. So yeah. like, where's the like? What do you do there? And, and even with um, you know, with I think it was with JobKeeper with Reese because um, he hadn't been open for twelve oh, months. Yeah, exactly. He couldn't yep. get it. Like, yeah, that's bullshit. And all that was too late anyway. Mm. You know, that took so long to come into place. Um, we are all scrambling, going, how are we just going to survive until then? And then that was all paid in arrears as well, so you had to have the money somewhere. Yep. That's bloody hard, mate. Mm. Yeah. Jeez. But there's, I, there's a silver lining on everything. Um, I know you're smashing it and just... Can, we're, we're resilient people, aren't we? You know, you mm. just push through um, and it comes down to connections and people and supporting around you and and the support that I've had not just locally but from my suppliers and yep. from even from international partners as well has has been incredible and you have this we're all in this together we really are mm. you know we really are I'm I'm talking to a lot in my industry and making sure that they're okay and vice versa and sharing ideas and just trying to make sure that we'll come out of this yep. um, come out of this together definitely but where we are at the moment we're in, we're in a really good place yeah. there's a lot of things um, happening right now at Revolution Print um, and yeah we can only expand so much now capacity wise but we need a lot more orders than what are coming in at the moment especially with the last lockdown mm. but all our staff are still busy which is good, good, you know? good. and I said as I said um, things are growing from some of our uh, major clients and I've invested in some new equipment which allows allows us to make things easy and, and offer a whole heap of different ranges of, of products as well now too. Probably going to the bigger shops though, yeah. Can you move upstairs? Who's upstairs now? Is anyone upstairs? Yeah, Basecon's upstairs at the moment, so that's um, Dom Crawling, so Dom Crawley, so that's um, concrete management. Okay, yep. Yeah, so we could move a few things upstairs, but a lot of our gear is heavy. Yeah, uh, heavy so yeah, no. I'll either build another factory or um, just start going 24 hours a day, mm. seven days a week. You know, so, so there's a lot of there's, a, I have a lot more that we can do where we are at the moment. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I think we might go on to the uh, questions, mate. It's actually a bit of a long sponker. Sorry. Long, long sponker. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. I like, I'm, I'm like actually listening. not much of a talker. Oh, as if. No, I'm not. <laughs> My Carly will vouch for that. I'm not much of a talker. When it comes to business, though, it, what you're passionate yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, of course, 100%. Yeah, you can't shut me up. Definitely. Um, all right. What, uh, you bring some paper in. So yep. You told me you were doing no... You told me... No, I didn't prepare all the rest, but these questions, okay. you know... Yeah, yeah, of course. You can't not think about them. Um, what would be something someone would be surprised to know about you? Uh, I can play the clarinet. Can you? Yeah. Where's you learn that at school? Yeah, I learned that at school since year seven. Still do it or no? I play Teletubbies and march around the house with the boys, <laughs> for that's the extent of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I've still got it. That's not bad. Yeah, and, and other instruments as well. But like what, drums or...? I've, I've got an uh, Irish tin whistle, I've got a harmonica. I've, my dad um, can play music by ear, so he can listen to something on the radio, then go to the piano and just start playing it. It's incredible. Yeah, I see, that is incredible. Oh, I can't do that, but I've, I understand music, so okay. I can pick things up pretty quick. Like within a day, I can play the ukulele. It's, right, well, yeah. I, I can play the fucking triangle. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I once bungee jumped twice in about 10 minutes. Yeah, that's alright. Yeah, that Isn't that, where was that, New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, I proposed to Carly, I think it was either that day or the day before, so I was on a massive high. Yeah. 
and um, uh, Carly didn't want to bungee jump, but I thought, oh, I'll have a go. This will be fun. This was on the oldest bungee jump. In Nervous? The, um, Nervous? This was the, the bridge one. On the bridge. The Nervous. AJ Hackett. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I did it and supermaned and, and didn't touch the water because I jumped out so far. And I was on such a high that, that Carly thought, this looks like fun. So she said, would you do a tandem with me? Oh, my God. Okay. So we went back up there and, and jumped together. And uh, It's scary, isn't it? Would you rather skydive or bungee jump? I, I think I'd rather bungee jump. That's what I say. Everyone says skydive because they don't sit the ground. And I said, nah. I'm not sure if I could skydive. Again, I'm not good on planes. I do it. I'm not good on heights. But yeah, like, right. I think that... I don't know, Ten years ago, I might have been able to without kids and without the business. Mm. But now... It's like going talk the other day. You said that? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Guy and someone, the... I think he sacrificed himself, I think, yeah, to save did. that. Yeah, yeah um, um, Staff at work, they know the person. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Pretty dreadful. That's horrible. Yeah. So, I... I Ten years ago, I probably could have skydived, but not now. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I guess, two things. Yeah. Yep. Don't I like that. Cool. <laughs> um, what do you like most apart from family and business? Cheese. Yeah. Business. No. Number one are my boys and my wife. Yeah. They are just everything, and you know that. I've spoken about my boys a lot to you. Yeah. And and what family means, um, especially just them as family. Um, I love a clean car. Tesla drives currently drives Tesla. Yeah, I'll drive. Yeah, I, I really want one. That's amazing. That's yeah, so cool. Seriously, anybody that wants to know about it, come up to work. I'll take you for a drive. It is incredible. Well, anyone listening to, see, are you currently taking people in to come have a look around? Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Okay. Um, go up to Revolution Print and have a look around because it's a pretty amazing little factory and like, it sort of reminds me of just as you're walking sort of just innovation like it's just like like future yeah that's, well, what, that's what we're all about and education you know yeah. I want to share what's going on you know I'm passionate yep. I want this industry to stay around it's going to stay around you know paper is a sensory experience so it's going to stay around but it's going to change yep I want to educate I want people to, to know that the impossible is now possible with what we've what we've invested in as well mm-hmm. and that it's actually pretty exciting yeah it's cool. you know, when I first started I was a bit ashamed almost to say, oh, I work for a printer, you know, but now I'm so confident. And do you still call it printer? Do you still say printer or do you say... I, I don't know what I say. I own a... Yeah, revolutionary. Yeah, I just own a print business, but, yeah. but it's more than that. And I, I think just deep inside myself, I know it's more than that, so I'm okay in saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love... I love connections. People? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very social, but genuine connections meeting new people or more so just uh, sticking to the people you know both yeah yeah both uh, but it has to be through something or through through another connection or through an experience or through the gym or something or other I think that's how I met you through a video probably is that right I think I it was I was like Explore Bar videos or something yeah. I reckon that was it yeah and yeah. I've known Sporto for a long time as well yeah and Toddy yeah yeah um I, I love my mu- love music and pretty much every genre. Yep. I have a lot of respect for music yep. um, and exercise. Um, I've, yes, I said to you earlier, mm. I was actually in bodybuilding in very early days. I put on, Any photos of that or what? Put on 20, I've put on 20 kilos. <laughs> that was in Spartans and everything. No, there's no <laughs> photos. Well, you look at me now, there's no... But, yeah, I was in 
It was Love great it. fun. But okay. just exercise in general. Like I do group fitness and integrity group fitness studios. Yep. And I've run a marathon, as we've spoke about before too. Mm-hmm. But the ability to find what you think is your limit, yep. this is what I love. Finding what you think is your limit and then challenging that and understanding that that's nowhere near your limit. Did you believe before you did the marathon you could do the marathon? Uh, oh, uh, gosh. I don't think I'd attempt something if I feel like I was going to fail, yeah. but I always had the intention that I'm going to finish it. Yeah, I knew I was going to finish it. I knew it wouldn't be easy. I still did four hours, 20 minutes, so I was happy with that. That's still pretty good. But that, really good. That, that taught me patience. That is one of the most incredible life experiences of running a marathon. It taught me to listen to myself, mm-hmm. understand, and and believe as well yeah and just patience that's four hours and 20 minutes is a long time ages i think we were five hours yeah was your melbourne marathon yep yeah well, yep. uh Road. Mm. tough but, but you know getting back to group fitness how it's it's all energy and it's all well, especially with cycle class and everything it's all high heart rate i can get my i i completely am in, in tune with my body and can understand my limits mm-hmm. and am willing to push that even further still safely yep. but knowing that I've got more and challenging that as well yep. and I find that really it's my meditation <laughs> even though it's you know you get Hard, heart rate but it's at, like at 200 the feeling yeah. after it's just incredible it is it is the yeah, the best thing it's almost like a bit of a kick for your day like it just gets you going yeah it's the hardest thing you do all day and that's the self-sacrifice yep. so you know that's I, I need my exercise to keep to do everything else that I do mm-hmm. but I can't the only thing that that I can replace to do that is sleep <laughs> yes because I can't not do work and I can't not have family time yeah so I'll get up at 5.20 in the morning so I can go to a, a quarter to six spin class get home by quarter to seven wake the family up help with breakfast and yep. everything, take Jess to the school, go to work, yep. then come home at night, start again. That's structure. That's structure. Yeah. You know, but it's the only way that I can still have me time <laughs> yep. without affecting anybody else. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what are you most afraid of? Without being cocky, I'm not actually afraid of many things. The only thing... I'm afraid of is disappointing others. I'm, I'd, I really don't like disappointing anybody. <laughs> so you set a, a high moral standard for yourself, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm, I'm a realistic person. I know I'm going to disappoint people because it's it's, it's it's life. It's nature. You probably won't promise anything or do anything that you know you probably can't produce yeah. on you. Like you, like you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's the worst thing. Yeah. Is is giving somebody disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, what's something someone has said to you in your life that's just never left you? Oh, look, so many things, but look, the only thing, and this is what I say to a lot of others, again, you know, having so many staff, you, you do go through situations with staff where, where they, they're in not great mental spaces. You know, yep. I've had staff who have been suicidal. Yep. I've had staff who are on the spectrum. I've got staff who have a lot of mental health issues as well. The one thing that I think we all just need to accept is everyone's got something going on. Mm -hmm. 
everyone's got shit going on. The moment that we all just accept that, you know, if somebody sticks their finger up at you in the traffic lights, you don't know the situation. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. If there's a photo of a mum with one, one moccasin on breastfeeding their child in a dirty house, you don't know the situation. Yeah. Everyone's got shit going on. Mm. And the sooner that we accept that and just have a bit more um, empathy for each other, the, the sooner we can all get along, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I like that. Who's it that's here? I, I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. I like yep. that. Thanks. Um, you got any mentors? Any... Yeah, I've got lots of mentors. Um, again, most of my connections are really mentors. It's people I look up to. Yeah. Um, but one very emotional recent um, recent event that happened who I realised was a very big mentor in my life was the, the passing of the late David Haynes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've known him. Oh, I, I love... I've loved cars and I've loved Jaguars for cars for a long, long I time. Jags, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he sold it, didn't yeah, I had a 1964 S-Type. Yeah. And um, David Holmes is a big Jag guy. Yeah. And um, I've known him probably since I was 12. Um, a family friend was doing a history book and went around to his house and I said, oh, can I go and just some, take some photos of David's car? Yeah. And it was dirty at the time. So I said to David, oh, can I wash your car, please? Because <laughs> I want to take some photos of it. So anyway, I spent, while he was doing his, his interview and that, I spent hours washing one of his Jags and then took photos and then realised I didn't have any film in the camera. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I sent, him a, I sent him a letter and um, and he called me up and said, come round again. So I came round, spent some more time with him and just built a connection with him and he took me for a drive and I didn't even have my piece at the time so I couldn't drive but he said, you know, if you had your piece, you'd let me drive, have a drive and that. Wow. So I built a relationship with him and Jenny. And then, um, of course, when I met Carly, she was working at Hames. So I went and had lunch at Hames Paint nearly every day and, and, and got to become good friends with the whole Hames family of, of Rod and Belinda and Tim and Matt. And David was up there sometimes. I was chatting to him and everything. And, and so we, I got to go to all the Hames events with Carly, That's the awesome. end of year stuff. And yeah. David was such a big... Um, uh, public speaker and he always got up and, and spoke about the business and he's, he's such a passionate guy as well and I think from you know being early days of when I was 12 and first met him I'm sure that I looked up to him as a business person mm-hmm. and some and he was he's very much a family man too especially in his later life not so much in his business career but his, his later life and how he set things up for his family um, he was a special guy and yeah, he lent us one of his jags for um for our wedding as well, oh, awesome. which is very special. Um, so he holds a, a special place as a mentor. Um, did you call him up about business stuff? Did you always ask him about business? Uh, both him and uh, Rod, Belinda's husband, who's yep. um who's the general manager at Holmes. I spoke to them both before buying in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I asked their advice. Awesome. Yeah, uh, of course, John, John Shrenan, big mentor of mine. Um, my wife. She, she's just as passionate as I am, but not about the business. Yeah. She's passionate about about children, about family, about so many other things. Yeah. And um, as much as we're so so opposites, um, I have so much respect for her as well. Yeah. And then, as you spoke to Kate the other day, um, Bradley, Bradley yeah. Fernando. Mm. I've met Brad yet. I have to. 
I'm seeing him tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, let's find a way of being able to make this work for you to interview him. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's find a way. He is he's an incredible, incredible person. And then, as I said, just pretty much anyone who has a crack, you know, anyone that who is highly motivated, who wants to give things a go, you know, they're all my mentors because I have so much respect for someone who's willing to have a have a go. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Awesome. Good list. <laughs> uh, who do you want to see the podcast next? To, I think it's time on. for some more some arts. Okay. All right. So Freya, Freya Holick. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I met her. Yeah. I yeah. Think incredible this, musician. Yeah. Singer. Incredible singer. The council. Yeah. I think she had a spot down the where the cross the road from grill you keep going along that up going up Sturt Street yeah cross the road from there there's like a little block of like all these different rooms in there I'm okay. pretty sure she had a spot in there I don't know if she's still there or not not sure it's a little while ago but she's yeah incredible singer gorgeous girl really nice yep and even um, Mark Oswin um, so he's um, Mark with Mark with the C I think his band name is but he's he's very, there's a dude on the roof over there. Where? <laughs> Where are you looking? See the dude oh, on the roof? There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're on top of the cinema right now and there's a dude on the roof. <laughs> there's a dude on the roof. Oh, the, the art gallery. Okay. Oh, you're going to sound the balcony. Here. Um, sorry, yeah, Mark Oswin. So yep. he also runs a, a, a I think it's a, a Heart with the Rat record, record label. So he helps um, produce records for emerging artists as well, I think. In Ballarat? Yep. Yeah, awesome. In- yep. Incredible artist too. And then um, uh, other artists, we need to get Trav Price on here. Yes, like Trav and... Um, he's actually on my list. Trav Good. and, and um, Cax. Ashley Skews, Cax. Yeah. I didn't know he's real... I, I found, yeah, yeah, I found that out recently, Ash. So, okay. Yeah, so he's um, Skews's brother. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got an incredible story. He's got a really, you know, troubled, uh, naughty upbringing. Yep. Almost, almost jail, you yep. know, but then turning things around with his graffiti and doing some incredible mentoring yes. stuff. I've actually got some of his work. He's a gr- Me I've too. Bought some of I've his got work. some on the walls at yeah. work. Well, well, you know the wall. On, which on, one? Oh, on yeah, no, no, no sorry. Yeah, the, this yeah, spray painted yeah. our walls. I'm talking about I bought three frames, orange frames from somebody else. Yeah, right. That were done by him in 15 years ago or oh, something. yeah. Love them. Yeah, he's, he's just a, he's a kind man and, um, very inspirational with the kind of stuff that he does too. Mm. Um, yeah, Ben Sanders. So he's he's a, a illustrator as well, yeah. much like Trav. But he's done a lot of um, international work and okay. um, went with his wife to Peru for a few years okay. to help with missions over there while still illustrating. And he's, he's back okay. in Ballarat. He's yep. just released a new book as well. Awesome. Um, I reckon Luke and, Sta- uh, Luke and Stacey from the Healthy Hub. I reckon that'd be really good to, mm-hmm. to get on to. Um, and even a, a designer, uh, Lee Erickson from Stoke Design, he's got an amazing Stoke story. Stoke or Stroke? Is it Stoke? Stoke. Stoke. Stoke Design. Yeah, I've seen them on Instagram, yeah. I think. Yeah, he's got, uh, his brother works for us, but his, um, his whole family have a lot of health, um, a lot of health issues, you won't mind me saying that. Yeah. Um, he's got a very interesting story as well. Okay, cool. Really gentle, nice guy, he'd be good to have on too. Stories. Um, and then... My dear friend Janelle Ryan. Have you met Janelle I know, before? No, I know of Janelle. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. What does she do? Uh, she she's um, a 
third time mum now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if she if she was studying law as well. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if she's working uh, much at the moment, but yeah, huge in PR uh, around the world, and then back in Ballarat too. And she's, she's just a, a lovely, genuine, passionate person. Very did good she, friend of mine. Did she have something to do with Inspire HQ at one point or something? Uh, no. 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 Um, she was down at uh, Flecno Building. She ran that when it's when it started up. I can't remember. Well, runway. I can't remember how I came across to them, but yeah. I, have, I have seen it. Yeah, have yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah, she's she's a, a beautiful person. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Um, anything you want to leave the listeners with? <laughs> Sorry for making it two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's good. No, seriously. Um, uh, at my doors open. Yeah. All right. I love meeting people. I love expressing who I am what I'm about what the business is about and even the future of not only print but as I said you know electric cars let's accelerate the future and and what's possible and I want to share what I understand and what I'm doing to hopefully get inspiration out there for others so yeah bring it on beautiful thanks so much for coming on thank you Josh uh, let's go for a drive and test alright done (laughs) thanks mate appreciate it Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, we appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.